the back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey everybody, welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break, watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show, get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash you go. You know, we didn't have that back then in the it, it, it just... That text thread gives me so much joy. Okay, there, there we go. I can hear it now. We are live. Welcome to Bash University. Live. Appreciate all you guys hanging out with us. Uh, we got a great show. Uh, one, one of my favorite uh, shows is featuring the Federation, the, the nation, the BASS nation champ, the weekend angler uh, winning a big, big national championship. I love this show. That's where I started. I started in the nation. And uh, as did my buddy Ike, we both started there. Of course, Ike wound up winning the, the national championship. I never made it to the national championship, but, man, I tried so hard uh, fishing in those regionals and had a blast doing it. It was, a, it was a great period for me. Probably my biggest learning took place when I fished in the nation. Uh, I started out as a co-angler and moved my way up into a boater position, and I love it. Uh, and we've got we've got the winner. We've got Will Davis Jr. Jr. who won on Lake Pickwick. He's an Alabama guy. He won down there. Uh, looking forward to talking to him about exactly how that went down. He was fishing in the tail race, but boy, there's a lot of complexity to fishing tail races. And those of you that fish the Tennessee River or any any lakes that where uh, where you're allowed to get in there and fish tail races, some you can't. But uh, but there's a lot to it from current generation to current seams, dealing with the, the different types of bottom, habitat, eddies, all, all the things that get involved with uh, fishing in that fast flow. Not to mention, how do, how do you get your bait where you want it to? There's so much volume of water coming through. You've got a drift. You've got a, um, you know, kind of, well, we're going to let him explain it. You know, we've, uh, we've learned, we've learned here with us and that's Will's father and, uh, great influence on Will. He credits his father a lot. We'll talk to him about that. So that, that's going to be our show as well as, uh, of course we got Riz coming off his monster win with a 25 pound bag, uh, on the Chesapeake Riz. That's going to, we got Epic Eric coming on as we got, uh, as he's wrestling with some audio issues over there. I'm excited to have him and Epic Eric from uh, Smallmouth Crush, you guys might know him. Um, he's going to be on, to, you know, they paired up and they just dominated the field with almost a 25-pound stringer. Sometimes so, you just land on them. Is, is that what happened? I don't believe that to be the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what actually happened as <laughs> I am trying to figure out whether we have audio right now and anybody can actually hear me. So yeah. <laughs> if you're on the message board watching, please let me know if you can hear us and that would be great. So. Okay. <laughs> That, that's that's what that's one way to do it. i know the folks watching on tiktok in here because okay. they're right over here but um but yeah that well that was a, a from i doubt you know 
he's understating it, of course, guys, that he landed on him. Riz uh, is an aficionado of the upper chest peak, does really well down there, and he's got another W under his belt on that body order, which is really, really awesome. Be, ex- be exciting to, to talk with Eric about that one. It was yeah. a, it's a cool experience. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested in learning about what, what a day in the boat with Epic Eric <laughs> is like. It, you know, uh, it's, uh, it, it was it's good. Yeah. Good. We'll, we'll we'll dive in yeah. you know further the details but he's a he's a good co-angler yeah really good re, not 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 even necessarily co-angler a good team partner yes you know well and, he's he's got a tremendous he's a very good angler yes oh 100 yeah. percent. and that that you know is one of the biggest things if, you know when you when there's a guy behind you that you know is consistently showing you that if you leave some behind he's going to go ahead and scrap them up for you and catch them mm-hmm. that allows you to be on the trolling motor and just get loose and fish the way you want to fish fish for the big ones you know and it was like it was like every every move every move we made eric was with it man he's yeah. he's like he's like this is the one this is the move this is, this <laughs> is it and i'm like you know you get a guy like that you start hearing enough you're like Man, yeah, I can really do this. Yeah. This, is, this is this is for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, that that pos- that positive energy is priceless. <laughs> yep. Well, you guys sure are, you guys are going to get a taste of that again. We'll have Eric back on the show uh, here with us. So uh, look look forward to that. We are brought to you by Tackle Direct Studios, guys, and we have some really great prizes. If you're watching over on Facebook, like it and share that feed and what are they going to win today they are going to win a pair of hobie huntington sunglasses yes Ooh, good ones too mm-hmm. these are the huntington sunglasses guys are going to love these the the um lenses are interchangeable so you can switch them in and out uh throughout the day as as conditions change so uh it's a, that's a that's a wonderful gift that's the grand prize that's the grand prize and if you like and share our feed on facebook you will be entered in a chance to win waterwood custom baits awesome nice guys we're also brought to you by bassboatforsale.com i want you guys to check that out. i know you, a lot of guys are are going to be looking to buy right now they're looking to get their boat ready to sell this is the place to do it you can do both uh, very very high quality boats that are uh, that are available over there at bassboatforsale.com so go ahead and and check that out guys and uh we're going to take a quick break we're going to be right back with will davis jr the winner of the bass nation championship on lake pickwick uh great come from behind win really with a monster bag on day three a lot a lot of excitement uh just really excited to have him and his father both on the show so we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back after this what's going on it's riz here from the bash university and i am excited to welcome in waterwood custom baits to the bashu family these are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of brazil they're made of marupa pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. 
Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. It is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back, guys. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We've got the BASS Nation champ coming on, uh, as well as his father, and it's a great story, and I'm looking forward to learning more and uh, um, and talking more about it. We, we met Will on a previous show where he won the divisional on Smith Lake. Uh, you guys remember we had the Quad uh, Nation 
uh, champs from around the country on, and uh, he was one of those winners on Smith. And uh, I can't believe it. After after having him on that show, he was he was the winner down at the net national championship. It's uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, pleasure to have him on the show. So without any further ado, uh, let's let's bring him and his father on and uh, and let you guys get to meet him and talk to him. I know you've met Will Jr. We've got Will Sr. on too, guys. Man, it's really great to have you on today's show. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. <laughs> it's, well, it's all, well, congratulations, Will. I mean, my gosh, we just got done congratulating you just a few minutes ago, it seemed like, <clears throat> on Smith Lake, and, and now you won the big one. It's you got to be on cloud nine. Uh, yes, sir. Definitely on cloud nine. It's uh, it's a dream come true. Man, you get you get to go to the classic. Uh, you have an opportunity for the elites. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yes, sir. It's uh, it happened. You know, it takes a year to get where we're at now, and you know, you just get fortunate enough to just get yourself in that situation to to do good at nationals and if you win it you know you get to do all the good stuff you know the big boy stuff as i call it so very fortunate well uh fortune and skill and uh and i read your story on Bassmasters, and and it, you can't help but uh you know i i guess i it made me emotional just listening to you uh talk about the importance of of your dad in your fishing and in your life and, and taking you fishing and teaching you the sport. It just, uh, that, that's a, that's a relationship that is, is gotta be amazing to you. Uh, I read, like I said, I read about it in Bassmaster magazine. It's gotta be a thrill to have a dad that knows that much that can help you that much. Oh, absolutely. I definitely will not be where I'm at now without him. You know, he, he took me fishing at an early age. Um, you know, old enough to hold a rod that's when he took me and um i caught my first bass when i was like five with him and we just progressed and you know he started taking me more and more tournaments and you know so on and so forth but without him putting me you know in the you know doing what a dad does for his son you know cares about him and gets him uh everything that he can do for him um it's definitely impacted my life and i wouldn't be here I'm um, talking to you or getting to fish the Bassmaster Classic or the Elite Series without my dad. Dad, I mean, those words are pretty special words. How, how does that make you feel? Will Davis Jr. is uh, is a son that every man dreams of having. He's uh, He's been a joy of my life and our family. And... Uh, you know, I, I get to live my dream through him. Um, I've been designing lures now 45 years, and he makes me look a lot better than we really are. So, you know, my hat's off the wheel, and this is what he always wanted to do for a living. And, you know, I, I think that if I could give any parents some advice is you'll never, ever regret uh, the time that you spend with your kids. So, He's never caused me any, not one minute's trouble. Now, his mama, that's a different story now. So, <laughs> he, uh, his, his, mama's, his mama plays a big role in this also because she supports what we do, and and uh, without her, we couldn't do what we do. So, yes, sir. 
Well, congratulations on that. They say you can tell a lot about the parents by looking at the son, and you've done a nice job, obviously. And uh, and, and I'm surprised he hasn't caused you trouble. Like at five years old when you were t- – teaching them how to use a bait caster <laughs> like come I on came, there had to be some I, trouble <laughs> you know i came home from uh from the business one day and he was out in the yard with one of my high-end rods and my <laughs> high-end reels he said dad i got something to show you i taught myself how to throw this 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 rod and reel i was blown away I'm 60 years old and still have problems for them. So <laughs> he, uh, he's, he, he really learned at an early age. That's for sure. Uh, that's, that's tremendous. How, how did you, how did you teach yourself how to fish a bait caster? Will? <laughs> a lot of backlashes. A lot. Of, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, that's just true. I'm trying to teach my son and, and my son's 13 years old and he's getting good at it, but I got the, I got the brakes cranked up. I mean, he could throw that thing as hard as he wanted to. It would only go five feet, but there would be no backlash. <laughs> yes, sir. He'll get better at it. A lot of trial <laughs> and error for sure. And knowing where dad keeps his extra spools aligned. So when you That's blow right. one out, you can re-spool it for him, and he doesn't know. <laughs> yes, there <sir>. you go. <laughs> I tell you what, dad, I mean – when he was young, that's to see my son practices with like a $50 spool of fluorocarbon. You know, I, I think, <laughs> I think I might recommend uh, going over to monofilament for the practice rounds. Don't you? Have you ever heard of big game? <laughs> I have heard of big game. We have used a lot of it over the years, but yes, sir. It's, uh, it, it, I mean, I started him off on a, on a, uh, spinning rod and reel, and um, I taught him how to fish a worm first. We developed a worm that everybody knows, a worm in a head that everybody knows of a shaky worm and shaky head. We're the, we're the godfathers of all that back uh, 45 years ago. So that's kind of the way I taught him how to fish. And uh, we started off with a spinning rod and reel, and then he went to a bait caster and he actually fishes a shaky worm and a, uh, most of his worms on a bait caster now, and I'm still the old spinning, spinning rod guy. That's, uh, well, I mean, I, I am a spinning rod guy too. It's a tricky to be throwing those on a bait caster, but, uh, but that's a, that's a pretty bold statement. You guys were, you guys were ahead of the curve. You in particular, uh, Will senior, the, the, the cutting edge on a, several techniques, but I did not know that uh, you were there as one of the pioneers of, of the shaky head. How did that come about? You know, we were fishing one day, and uh, an older gentleman, um, we actually ran out of hooks on uh, for Texas rig stuff, and I'd been crappie fishing the day before, so I picked up a quarter-ounce crappie jig, and uh, we got to catching a lot of bass on it. And back then, we used a, a cream worm. I was about the only worms that was available back then. There was a few man's worms out there, and we just peach it off. I mean, it was like an 8-inch worm, so we started off uh, with like a 6-inch worm, and uh, of course, we didn't have very many back then, so we used them till there was like a med rig now. It was mighty small when we got through, but. You know, that's the way that technique started. We got to catching a lot of fish with it, and I guess I was around 16 years old 
when all that took place. And we just uh, we just made it better and better and better. Um, the very first premium hooks that came out that we were using was gamma hooks. And uh, we still put a lot of those in our heads today. But um, over the last 45 years, we've developed a lot of different style heads for different usage. And it's, uh, you know, it's probably one of the, the most copied lures that's ever been out besides the plastic worm and uh you know it's it's uh what made it famous was the co-anglers back when the flw had co-anglers that's that's kind of what and people still call us today uh, and want to know what a shaky worm and a shaky head is so you know everybody still don't know about it but the the co-anglers back in the flw days is really uh, what made it popular? I think in the 19, somewhere around 1999, the year 2000, um, it was the number one lure for bass that year. So uh, that's really, uh, that, that that's, we just catch a lot of fish on it. It's easy to fish and uh, anybody can catch a fish on that. So God gave me enough talent to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I just have to give it all to him because he's the reason that we do what we do. No doubt. And that, and, and that's uh, that's tremendous. I mean, back at the number one lure for bass in 99 to 2000. And I believe it. I was uh, I remember I got introduced to it by uh, by a man named Eddie Parker uh, from Georgia, from Macon, Georgia. He came into my boat up in New York at one of the original bass opens that I fished. And my very first one, and he brought a shaky head out and uh, commenced to putting a beat down on me with a green pumpkin worm, and uh, and I learned quick. Uh, and and that it's just a tremendous technique. And you're right; it's a consistent way to catch fish, both out of the back of the boat and the front of the boat. But I, I want to switch gears a little and send it back over to you, uh, Will. You want you didn't win with a shaky head, but you did win with with one of your dad's baits yes sir yeah that's the that's the uh, shaky fish um as i call it it's a square bill in the current um it don't hang as much as you know a regular um swim bait head i guess just because of the bill action and it quivers you know so it's definitely been a technique we've used on the coosa river for many years and and it just all panned out you know, all the stars lined up for Pickwick for it, and uh, I was in my wheelhouse, you know. Well, it's, take, take us through that. Uh, you know, you didn't go into the finals. Like, you, you got a monster bag on the day three. So, you you know, you were very competitive, you know, in a very, very difficult tournament. It was hard to get limits of fish, right? Did I, I, did I read you were the only one to get a limit of fish all three days? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was it was the most mental toughness tournament i've ever fished you know you had to keep your head on because in practice i even caught you know one to two keepers a day and i don't know what's going on with that like i guess it's just the fall and it's you know a lot of pressure too and the grass you know the largemouth didn't really pay a you know a factor down there because of the grass wasn't as as thick as it's been in the past so i really just concentrated on the small mouth um, after you know the whole day i spent from uh coffee slew all the way to 
Coker's Island down there. And, you know, and I marked a lot of stumps in pre-practice. And uh, I'll tell you what, I lost all my waypoints uh, when I was swapping boats over to my new boat. And uh, thank goodness, you know, my dad's like, hey, you need to go out there and make sure you take a picture of all your waypoints, you know, just in case. And I went out there and took them all. And I'll be daggum if it didn't, you know, help me, especially up there towards the dam, you know, because that was very uh, – disheartening when i pulled up my unit put my chip in there after i done deleted it all and uh what happened was it had too many waypoints on there and uh it just just didn't save them so i spent about three nights out there in my shed putting them in for about four hours pete that's like literally my worst night of <laughs> like if that was to happen for all the waypoints on the chesapeake i it, it would be devastating yes that, that will that is some mental toughness in and of itself that you overcame that. <laughs> yes, sir. You always got to be prepared for the unknown in this sport because I know <laughs> just kudos to dad's advice. <laughs> take, right. take a picture, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah. we, like spent way, we spent way too much time up there for him to lose all that. So I just, uh, I, I just recommended that he needs to take pictures and, uh, boy, are we glad he did. <laughs> yep. Well, that's it. It is like when we, we, we have redundancy, Jeff, uh, Jeff Olson, our, the greatest producer in the, in the history of the world is all about that backups on backups on backups. Everything's, yeah. everything's backed up. And so we don't, we don't lose any of our, uh, film footage. And that's, that's definitely, uh, obviously the way with waypoints, I have been the unfortunate recipient of losing about 15 years worth of waypoints oh. that are unrecoverable. And, uh, Bless your heart. yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it, it, after a couple, you know, weeks of crying, I, uh, <laughs> Hey, here's the only good part about losing your waypoints. You know, I learned this though, school of hard knocks is once you've, once you've established a waypoint, you, you get back out to that area and you've lost it, right? But you know you're in the area where you got a stump or you got a rock. Yeah. It's it's easier to find the second time around. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. side, side note, kind of on this on this topic, Pete. I actually it, it's worth noting. This year, I um I ran one graph up front that had all of the waypoints for like the last five years on it. But then I ran another graph that had a GPS map up as well with no waypoints on it. So sometimes I would have the one turned on with, with all of them. But, but oftentimes this year I did exactly what you said. I would just get in the area mm -hmm. and then, you know, get to fishing through and put my new waypoints. So one graph had only this year's waypoints. And then the other graph had every year's waypoints to like cross reference with. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Anyway, that can that you know you, you hear about guys purposefully deleting them, so right. it, it makes them fish fresh. I don't know about and, deleting and, and fresh, fresh new. Uh, not not me. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to delete them. I might put them on a different chip and you know yeah. keep them somewhere. When I when I started when I started fishing bass tournaments, there there were no GPS. There were no waypoints. We had to triangulate everything yeah. that we did. And, uh, you know, my mind was not even good then. It's really not good now. So I think, I thank God for a GPS. <laughs> no, no kidding. I remember, I remember that, you know, finding an object, you know, closer and then one far away and triangulating and, uh, you know, the time we used to take to like hit a stump that's out in the middle of a flat, it could take, 
you know, now you can do it on the first cast with 360, you know, it's like, oh, there it is. And you just hit it. And it, right. it would take 15, 20 minutes and you and you still haven't hit it yet. That's right. <laughs> Another thing that I've noticed too, we have a lot of, on the Coosa River here, there's a lot, a lot of cover that most people didn't know unless you got to see it before they backed up. And I had a lot of the older gentlemen that took me fishing when I was very young. Uh, matter of fact, Dewey Kendrick, that used to be the tournament director for Bass, his dad and I fished a lot, and uh, he was the best that there's ever been here. And uh, now you find people that they, they pull up the map and they can see how they can see all of it. It's it's uh you go golly that that right there is not secret anymore. <laughs> I know I know it. The mapping is is so good and and the sonar is so good. And let me, let me throw that over to you, uh, Will. Did like forward facing is a big is a big deal in all of fishing. Was that a factor for you in this tournament? Um, it was and it wasn't. It helped me find the rocks you know, up there towards the dam that, because they wasn't running but 10,000 CFS for the first two mornings. So, um, and even the pre-practice up there, um, whatever it was, a couple of days before I went up there. The first day we got up there Saturday, I went up there and, and wanted to go up there and try to start because I knew the water was down and there wasn't a lot of people was going to go up there that day. So I went ahead and went up there and got as close as I could up there and put my troll motor down and started just putting waypoints. I'd, get, I'd see the rock, you know, high up on my screen. I'd get over close to it, put a waypoint. And I started, it really made me a path up through there to get up there where I was at. Um, because without that live scope, I definitely not would have, I would have tore my boat up big time. Nice. I, well, like in the tail races, and that's what we're talking about, guys. We're talking about fishing in the tail races and looking at the generation schedule, some people listening might not be familiar with that kind of fishing. But uh, but you're going. Are you able? Is forward facing in that heavy current? Are you are you able to see fish? Uh, it you know, is it offer you some challenges there? It does. Um, a lot of interference, especially if you get right out in front of the turbines. Um, and there's so many fish that lives up there too. So you really can't tell you know from white bass to bass and mm. all that stuff but it definitely helps you see where the bait is and that's a that's a big factor fishing the downs because if you're not fishing around the bait you're not going to catch them unless it's a spawn time that's a different deal there gotcha well identifying the bait and that and we talk about that a lot using it as a tool you know if you use it for cover and for bait take us through exactly what you were doing what were you you know negotiating up there through the rocks were you fishing an eddy a seam a hole what what where were the, where were the fish coming from well up there at pickwick they got the powerhouse that runs through there it's got uh somewhere 20 to 24 turbines that sits right there then they have a wing wall that comes out. Well, right behind the wing wall, they got what they call the super turbines, or that's what I call them. They're, I don't know the definition of them. I've just always heard they're called super turbines. And then you got what they call the blowhole over there on the left side, where the barges release all the water from the lock. So, and I knew that wasn't going to be a factor in the blowhole because you just, I mean, you wouldn't get in there without ripping your boat to shreds. So, I just focused right there where the current come out of the dam um, where it made that pinpoint and hit 
that wing wall. So it made a heck of a current seam. And that's really what you want this time of year. Um, unless you got, you know, if I was real more familiar about the area, I'm sure there's a lot more rocks up there that I could have caught them off of. But, you know, not knowing that area very well, I just said, you know what, I'm going to find the key rocks that them fish are on this current break right here in front of this wing wall to uh, to catch them. And it took, I don't know, the first day of practice, I pulled a pair and I caught two four-pounders and two casts. And I was like, all right, let's get out of here. Because there wasn't no boats up there. Well, the last day of practice, what, what they have, they have the first two days, Saturday and Sunday, when you get there, you get to practice from daylight to dark by yourself. Well, Monday is like a media day. Tuesday, it's just like the Bassmaster Classic. So besides the, the arena and all that stuff. But the last day of practice, which they call the um, official practice, you have your guy from your state, which is the no boater, and he goes fishing with you, and they do what a mock run. They put you in. Um, you have to weigh in at you know or be back at the dock at two o'clock or two fifteen or two thirty. There was three flights, so I was boat ten. So I got back at two o'clock, and they run you through the um, where they're weighing you in and all that stuff. So just to run down on how that went, but I get my co angler and I said we're gonna go up here to the dam. And I'm going to sit here. I don't really want to fish. I just want to sit here and see where everybody goes. Because I knew, you know, those them guys were going to go check some of their good stuff that day in the back of my mind. So I sat up there for about 30 minutes, and I seen when nobody went up there because the water was still 10,000 CFS, um, which is cubic feet per second. And I was like, well, some, I guess they don't want to tear up their boats, you know, or don't know what they're doing, you know. So that that really decided where i was going to start because i couldn't get the largemouth going so um first day of the tournament i get up there and i had to stop all the way at the head of the island up there and idle about halfway up there and then take my troll motor and follow my waypoints all the way up there to where i was and once you get up there the water was so swift right there if you didn't hit it up high with the troll motor because with a big motor when you're hitting that current and you hit a real stout flow off that wing wall like that it pushes the back end of the boat down so you're definitely going to tear up the lower unit so you ain't got no choice but to run your troll motor so i had to hit it up real close to that wing wall to get in to get in the super turbine um hole um so i finally get up there and i catch one right there on the seam then i catch another one um on a spinner bait on the wing wall and then at one uh 10 o'clock i turned and looked at my co-angler and uh his name was mr tom i can't remember but anyway he's from nebraska very nice guy and he didn't have a fish and i said i'll tell you what i got scrambling i said let's go down here to where i found you know a couple of large mouth i caught you know a couple of keepers off one little stretch that a bunch of shad was there the day before in coffee slough we hauled tail down there the bait is gone and I'm like, well, oh, well, you know, 10 casts later, I'm heading back up there to the dam. And I get back up there, and and I don't catch nothing. And it's 1.20. I had to weigh in at 2 o'clock, and I still had two fish. Well, I'm sitting there or fishing, and uh, they turned on more turbine or another turbine. Because they they turn on turbines every hour, but I need it to be about 40,000 CFS. And they, and they really wasn't reaching to that point to 12 o'clock or so. 
and it, it takes them fish about 30 minutes to an hour sometimes to set up just right, you know. So at 120, because I remember looking at my watch, and it was about five minutes. About 125, I caught three and three cast on that. Holy smokes. Yes, sir. One was a four and a three and a two. <laughs> and that was it. And the second day, I pull up there, and I don't have a fish to 11 o'clock. And I, and I told myself, you're going to live or die right here. I mean, I'm not running around, you know. I've seen the weigh-in before, the day before, and or looked at the leaderboard, and it was it was not happening down that lake. So I put all my eggs in a basket right there, and and I had a weigh-in at 2.30 that day. And let's see, at, I caught that fish at first fish at 11, 11-ish, 12-ish, and then from, from 1 o'clock on, um, I ended up catching three more. But 2 o'clock, I caught a, around 2-ish, I caught a four-pounder. And I was like, heck yeah. That was my toughest day. I only caught five bass, period, that day. And what was Were those bites uh, related to additional current, too? Yes, sir. Two? Yes, sir. Well, one of them, uh, yeah, I caught every one of them out there in that current that day, the second day. So it's the same thing. like Just like tidal river fishing, Riz. It's right. like, man, we hang out for the low tide. You know, you got to wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Nothing's happening, and you're around the fish. And then all of a sudden that tide gets right and everything explodes. Yep. It's the same thing with the current generation on, on the reservoirs. That's But it takes a lot of guts, Will, to hang in there for four hours with no bites. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Well, the third day, I'm sorry, Jill, I'm at, I'm at work at Five Star. And my boss's phone's ringing off the hook. But I'm... <laughs> so well, we appreciate your boss letting you hang out with us for a little while. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate y'all. But the third day, it was raining and everything. And I and I just looked at my phone right before we blasted off. And it said that they was running uh, 25,000 25, CFS. Yes. I, I was like. You know, back at home, when he got current early and it's raining, um, I'm just, I'm, you know, you can just feel like, you can feel good stuff. It's about to happen. So I pull up there and I catch a, uh, a three-pound largemouth on the wing wall. Well, I turn around and I throw out there and I catch out there in my sweet spot. I catch a two-pounder. And the next cast, I, and I hang something. And I'm like, I've been catching a bunch of drum up there as well. And he's fighting me. He's got me out in that current, you know. And I use 15-pound red label. And and it works real good in that current. I don't know. it. It's real resistant. Or the rocks, they don't really affect that line that much, you know. So I, and I had all confidence in the world for it. Well, using that line, well, I get that fish to the side of the current. Well, he gets me hung up in a rock. So I had to pick my poles up and I go over there and I pop him loose. I'm like, man, that's a daggum drum, you know. And he comes beside the boat and it jumps. Oh, tries to jump. And I'm looking eye to eye with her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. And so I get her up there to the boat and I reach down to, you know, get up on her and she jumps over my arm and goes upon the boat. I'm, oh. like, I'm like, man, how how you still got all this strength, you know, after fighting you in this current for it felt like forever. I'm sure it was like 30 seconds, you know. Well, she comes back up there and I put my, my finger in her mouth and she just she spits the bait 
and I got her in, you know, and I tell you what, that, all the fish catches I've ever had in my life, you know, nothing, nothing ever topped that one, I promise you, because knowing I had already two fish in the boat and catching that big one, I didn't know I was going to win, but I just knew that I was getting to go to the Bassmaster Classic, which is a dream for me, always has been, so, um, Heck yeah! Was that was that the five pounder? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was what five four, I think it was, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, that's that's beautiful. Things, <laughs> yeah. You're going to the classic, man. Oh man, things are rolling your way. And uh, so, what do you do now? Do you do you, you're like, well, it's time to win this thing. Yes, sir. I'm gonna put in all the time I can for January first, and you know it's a it's a current lake, but I've never been there. And you can't get no info. That's even for the elite. So I guess you can go off of the internet and stuff like that, or people that's fishing the tournament. But besides that, you uh, you just gotta kind of wing it and do what you do, you know. So I'm gonna go up there and put in my time and and see where it all, you know, how it falls. I I don't know, but I bet you they got tail races on on that lake. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know we'll have to get up there and figure it out and if they don't that's fine too you know yeah uh, uh, that's uh well it was a tremendous win i mean uh did, did you wind up calling on the last day there i did or? i did about 11 i had all my fish enough to win which i didn't know by eight o'clock that day where the previous days has been just absolutely grind and it felt so good to have that limit at eight Heck o'clock yeah and knowing I had 16 pounds, you know, um, I caught a two and a half pound largemouth um, about 11 o'clock, and that was the last bite. I caught about two ounces, maybe. I don't, I don't weigh, I don't never weigh my fish, you know. I just, just throw them in there and I put them on cold and beam, yada yada yada. But um, yeah, that's old school. Will your dad taught you that, man? That's, that's how right. you do it. Right. Keep that's that right. scale in the boat, man. No, no, this is how he be. He'd be like. No, no, no! Do it again! Do it again! Because <laughs> you know, a lot of the a lot of fish on the uh, coast river, you know, when you start catching them at these dams, and especially in the fall or springtime of year, they all look like twins. Right. So, so your balance beam would go one way and then the other way and the other way, and so it's uh. Hey, the balance beam don't lie. The scales can jump around a little bit, you know. But no, I, Jocelyn, I know a lot of people are watching. Uh, you got a question for Will? We do. Howie would like to know, Will, were you actually positioned in the tail race or the seams and throwing into faster water? I was in the, uh, uh, just outside the seam, um, in the slack water throwing out in the current. I know this spot you're talking about. I fished Pickwick and it's, it, and I, I, I think I know, I, I mean, yeah, but there's there. that, you know, I know where that blowhole is and you got that wing dam that comes out and it makes a little calm water cove there yes sir that's one good there's a lot of good things about bass masters but i tell you what they if you're fishing at a dam and they got a camera on you you ain't hiding nothing up there (laughs) (laughs) yes sir yes sir and uh i'll have that factor probably on way late coming up in may in the leaks too so but well i love it there's a well you, you have his trophy uh, and, and Brian Kurtzel is near and dear to me. i I knew him and, uh, you know, I fished against him when he, when he made the nationals in the regional tournament that he went on to win the classic. So, uh, you need to, you need to be the second nation angler to hold that big trophy. Will? 
I'm going to try my best. You know, that was something, you know, that it's, it's, it's really hard to do it. And you got one guy that ever done it and, uh, God rest his soul, you know, and, um, me and my wife and my baby watched the documentary on him and his parents the other night because she was trying to, I was trying to tell her about Brian and all that stuff. And she really didn't understand. So I showed her, you know, him waiting in at race, you know, race Scott waiting me in and everything. And he would have, I think one fish coming dead last the first time he fished the classic. That, that's then, right. And then dead he last place. First time out. Yes, sir. And, uh, he, um, I think Rick Klon, he idolized Rick Klon. And uh, I think Rick was right there, didn't catch him either. So kind of gave him a little, a lot of hope, you know, I think. And the next year he goes out and wins it. So this is a very humbling sport. And uh, you, there's a lot of highs and lows in this sport, for sure. You just got to keep on, keep on fishing. Well, I, I got, I got to say, there's very if finding the winner circle in this sport is is not something that's easy to do, and a lot of not a lot of people do it. And but you you are able to find that winner circle, and I find that once a person's able to win, they they'll keep winning. Um, and so you know, to your credit, uh, you know that's you know you won the region, you won this big tournament, and uh, I mean. You know the sky's the limit, and and you know we're going to be watching and uh, and rooting at the classic for you. And it's uh yeah, just just what what a great what a great deal. I started in the nation, like I said, and it's it's great to see that this this program is still alive and people are competing and giving opportunities uh, to guys like you to make the classic and the elites. And and how how's your boss putting up with the elites next year? <laughs> he's all he's all for it. Um, he fishes a lot. He fishes the Alabama Bass Trail. Yeah, uh, as we call it down here, he's he's a hammer. So he's a heck of a fisherman. So um, he gets it, and um, he's all for me. He's a hundred percent behind me. He's happy he doesn't have to fish against you next year. That's what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got beat by him a bunch. I promise you. I promise you. We have uh, out here at Five Star where I work. We have one hundred thirteen acre pond and we a uh, bunch of us guys we get out there every now and then and have a tournament maybe twice a year just guys we work with and uh i've never beat him out here never have well uh, field advantage wow well, what's, what, what, advantage. Yeah, what, what's did what's his name uh chris landers chris landers well yes. Way to go, way to go, Chris. You, I mean, my gosh, you got influences like that and your dad. Now, wonder you're a super champion, Will. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. But I, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit because our uh, great friend of the show, Ken Duke, um, you know, has, you know, brought your name up, Will uh, Sr. And, and as you mentioned, you know, you were at the forefront of the shaky head, but, but Ken gave, gives you credit for being the godfather of the swim jig? Well, I'm not going to take all the credit for it, but we we did we did a lot of that back in the early days. I think 1978 Whew. was when we developed the swim jig technique. And uh, we've revamped that several times, and we feel like we have the best swim jig on the market. Um, it's due to the balance of the bait. And the hook that goes into the bait, uh, we've got one now that um, you can fish with braid and it will not spring out. And that's uh, 
that's two of the main things. I mean, it's got a perfect setup. So we catch a lot of fish here on the Coosa River, and we catch a lot of fish across uh, all, all lakes. So, you know, in the early spring and the fall, and we have customers that fish the jig, you know, the, sw the Davis Swim Jig, uh, all year long, like Will and I, we fish this shaky fish, and we also fish a shaky worm, and we fish a lot of stuff all year long. So, but uh, you know, it's there's a lot of different type swim jigs out there. Our most of the swim jigs that we make are for grass; they're grass type. Uh, we also make one that's designed to swim in wood. So, you know, we kind of got the whole deal covered, but. Mr. Ken Duke, he's a he's a he's a gentleman and a scholar. He he's been my friend a long time, and and he really helps us a lot. That's for sure. Oh, he's the best. He he's he's the best for us too, and we love him. And uh, and but I, I'm you know I want to take you back to that. Like I started throwing a swim jig in '08. <laughs> you know, or okay. you know, okay. I didn't even start. Like I I. I mean, I missed that whole thing, and and I'm now I'm dialed in, and I'm I'm throwing the swim jig. But you're talking about using that technique, man, light years before anybody was really. You no, know, it's kind of it. it's kind of crazy. We were fishing on the Tallapoosa River, which is uh, Lake Martin, um, which is one of our home lakes, also, and uh, the way we. I just pulled up and, and, and we were fishing some blowdowns and I was reeling the jig in and I, I had a fish miss it and I threw back in there and caught a five pounder and the next tree we pull up to, uh, I was reeling the jig in. The fish came up and uh, boiled all over the, the jig and this is just a regular orky jig with a very small hook and a pork rind and uh, it got to where you couldn't land them so, but the, the light went off and told me that we needed to develop something that, that you could land them with. So that's when we went to work. And, uh, you know, back then it was hard to get a premium hook. Uh, Mustad actually came out with the very first hook that I designed. I designed a 26-degree a hook. And, and now we've got uh, the Gamma Boys with us, uh, Sid at Spro. Uh, developed a 30-degree hook, which is a great hook that we use. And uh, we've also got uh, Harry Simmons. that He was uh, the OEM accounts manager for Mustad. He's retired now, but he's helped us design another hook that we put in the, the Davis Beast. That was the swim jig I had referred to as uh, the hook is so strong you can't straighten it with, with braids. So, Good night. <laughs> yes sir yes sir but you know we fish anywhere that you would fish a a spinner bait we throw this jig and it seems to it seems to really work better than a spinner bait now we build spinner baits we we sell a lot of spinner baits but we found out that the swim jig will actually turn me on to this that it's one of the best current break type situations is the best technique to use on that a lot especially in the fall late spring and fall we catch a we catch a lot well i'm eating sandwiches usually when will catches a lot of them but <laughs> uh we catch a lot of big spotted bass on the swim jig a lot 
I, I believe it, I, and I'm going to ask you a question that I, I still wrestle with myself. When do you pick a spinnerbait over a chatterbait over a swim jig? Have you guys have you guys dialed into that the answer to that? You know, you know that's kind of a personal preference, but we found out that the clear water situation, if when the water gets real clear, and we'll tell you the same thing that they tend to to bite the a swim jig over over the chatterbait or right the spinnerbait. And inline spinners, buzz baits, they seem to bite the swim jig even better. And we kind of, there's a lot of different ways that we swim this jig. So Will can kind of go into that and tell you probably a little bit more about it than I can. But uh, everybody kind of caught on and we've shared it now. But um, we shake that jig a lot when we swim in it. We swim it up on top most of the time. But Will can tell you probably more about when he uses different techniques than I can. So he's kind of more defined it than I have. That's the Alabama shake. Well, that's what Mr. Duke calls it. <laughs> that's what we call it. That's what we call it too. We've got, and, and I'm will, I mean, he threw it right to you. Let's hear it, man. That there's the Alabama shake. What other techniques are there? Nah, you know, that's basically all I use, you know, but talking about the uh, chatterbait versus spinnerbait and all that stuff, you know, a chatterbait and a spinnerbait type deal is, is uh, I'd say, a ch yeah, when you find new fish, you can catch them on that. But when you start finding pressured fish, that swimming jig, it shines. Yes. That's a great answer. I thought about that, but that's correct. Yes, the the fishing pressure can can push them over to that or push them away from those those bites. I man, that makes a lot of sense. That's a that's that's a really good observation, Will. Yes, I sir. think too, Will. I think it's uh, uh, you can you can say yeah, your nay on this, Will, but I think it's the best shad spawn bait out there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I won't, I won't ever forget about four years ago, Will and I, we, we fish a lot of tournaments together and we got on a shad spawn and there was some big gar in this area and <laughs> I hooked up on a really nice fish and Will said, dad, you got a gar, you better get the dip net, it's not a gar. And about that time, about a six pounder jumped beside the boat. He said, I believe I'll get the dip net, dad. <laughs> so, but every fish out there will hit that. We've caught, we've caught. Mud fish on it. We've caught large mouth, small mouth, spotted bass. Uh, when you can get all those type fish to bite that lure, you know you got a winner. Just like the shaky fish. I know we're talking about a swim jig, but that shaky fish, we've caught every freshwater fish known to man on this bait. Yeah, man. Catfish, so drum, carp. We've caught them all. It's so versatile, too. I mean, you can fish it. Shallow, deep, ledges. I mean, there's a lot of guys that blow tournaments away on Tennessee River fishing that on the, you know, in the heat of summer. So, you know, Amart had a Amart had a deal up there in the heat of summer. He would put 11 inch worm on on a three quarter or one ounce and and be ledge fishing, and he would just pump that. I mean, he he caught lots of fish doing that. And uh, you know, I, I want to touch I want to touch a little bit on uh, uh, Aaron Martin's. Um, he's the one that bought, brought this bait to us that we revamped 
and I give him all the credit on this bait. Um, he just wanted something that the other guys he was working with couldn't do, and you know, by by the grace of God, again, you know, I kind of stumble across some some uh, material and stuff for the the bill that's on this bait. But if he hadn't pushed me so hard, he like to drove me crazy. I don't know. I mean, I, I know that y'all know knew Aaron very well, but he just wouldn't be satisfied unless it was the best. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd give him all the credit, even all the money that's been won on this bait. Uh, if it wasn't for him, then, you know, Will couldn't, Will couldn't have won this last tournament either. So that's a, that's a hundred percent true. Well, we're thinking about you, Aaron, uh, Man, that, he was a, a monster impact in the sport, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get to know him a little bit. Uh, but he was detail-oriented, and he, I want to invite everybody watching to go check out his seminars he did at, at Bash University because uh, he looks at things uh, differently than most of us do. And you can really see it in, uh, in his seminars that he gives with us. I think it's Fishing by Temperature is one of his key seminars at Bash U. Uh, that you want to go check out. But I, I was thinking about him because we were just down at the Bass Open on the Chesapeake, and I was fishing some marine wow. docks. And I was I was asking Aaron for a little help. I'm like, I need a seven-pounder like you caught, Aaron. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, right. I was, I was talking to him that day. But that's, that's uh, you know, so he was a big influence, and I remember him talking about that scrounger-style head. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And you guys built the, you know, you guys ramped it up with, uh, with his help. And that's awesome. And, uh, and guys, I, I want to, uh, I want to ask you a question about, cause we're talking a lot where we're back to swim jigs is, uh, we didn't talk about trailers and I want to know what, what is the, what's the jig trailer of choice for the guys that have invented the swim jig and use it all the time. What are you guys picking? Well, there's lot, there's lots. I mean, we use a lot of different type trailers, but we'll tell you uh, that we fish a, a twin tail a lot, and uh, we use a lot of the big bite stuff. We use some of the net bait stuff, but uh, I'll let him kind of tell you about when we change from a swim bait to a flopping bait. So he he's more dialed in on that also. Um, probably start off when i start swimming a jig i want something like a pocket crawl uh which meant net bait mates um i catch them you know in february when the crawfish are in the grass and stuff something that slows that bait real down and even in the shad spawn something that's you know that you kind of let the fish let you know um but 80 percent of the time i like something with with pretty big claws on it um and then in the, I guess, postpone, I like a swim bait on the back of it. So when you, you ain't got to do the Alabama shake mm -hmm. on that, and you just throw it out there and just reel it, and it kind of wobbles like a like a crankbait. So something real subtle to you, to them. Gotcha. Do, do you put rattles in your jigs? Hey, Chris, you done got promotion. Sorry about that. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you get a new boss, Will? I did. It's Gene Litton, the, the kennel manager. Oh, hey, Mr. Gene. That's a real big boss. 
You know, we used to put rattles on all of our jigs. And to be honest with you, we still do it when the water's pretty dingy. Mm -hmm. But we, the reason that I had started putting rattles on the jig because we couldn't figure out how to make those swim jigs run straight. And you put two rattles on that bait and it would balance it out. No but kidding. now we figured out how, yes, sir. But now we figured out how to uh, to make them run straight up. That's another thing that's 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 another key. If it runs on its side, Will, what do you think? You throw that in the way. Oh yeah, if it don't run true, I ain't got no confidence in it. Shaky fish, same way. Way all your stars got to line up to make them fish bite them baits for sure. I got I well that that's uh. That's key piece of information. You got to have confidence in it, and it's got to run true. And um, man, I you know it's it's been such a treat talking to you guys. And uh, I want to I want to book you for when you win the classic, Will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I guess we can go ahead and write that date down, right, Will? <laughs> when it yeah. when is the classic? March. Let put it on the calendar, is book it. <laughs> book it. <laughs> book it. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay uh, humbled and hungry. Humbled and hungry. That's, like that. that's a great way to be. Are, are you um, Are you renting an Airbnb on uh, in Knoxville uh, for the rest of this year? <laughs> I know his mom's got one rented for the, the week of the classics. So. Nice. It's going to be a family affair, as it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, I didn't mention her earlier. She's a... She's another big part of where I'm at today with her and dad's sacrifice for sure. So, man, that, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, um, it's inspirational as a dad and, um, you know, uh, my, my son and I fished our first tournament this year. He's 13. And, that's awesome. Uh, I, I really, um, I look forward to fishing many more tournaments like that. Do you, do you have any siblings or are there any other brothers and sisters? No, sir. I'm only child. Okay. Um, we got one really strong fisherman. See that Will Senior? If we'd had a few more, we could, you know, you could have multiple, you know, national champions. Um, I already have a big note at the bank, so um, I don't <laughs> know if I could afford another one. But he's definitely, he's definitely been a blessing. And and I'll tell you a little secret real quick. He's uh, we traveled around too with shotgun sports, and he's a multi world time a world champion. In shotgun sports, and I thought he's going to get to shoot on the U.S. Olympic team, and he told me, "Dad, I'm burned out." And I was so pissed off because <laughs> we had spent all that time and effort traveling him around, and and uh, his mama came to me and said, "He only wants to be like you." So wow, that that kind of changed my outlook on all of it, and now here he is. So well, know, I'm, I'm very I'm very humbled by it for sure. Man, that's that. Well, that's a uh, that's a tremendous compliment uh, to you and to your family. And 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 I I feel like probably the le you probably learned a lot of lessons that help you compete. You know, in in the shotgun sports and uh, in your fishing game, that's got to be um, that's got to help you too. Uh, definitely on the mental part of it. Right. I was an American skeet or any type of sporting clays or clay shooting. You miss one bird, I got that level. If you miss one bird, 
you're done. You're not going to win. That so, was out of 100, one out of 100. So, wow. Yes, sir. So it's definitely helped me mental, more mental tough, you know, for these bass tournaments for sure. I don't – I just put it all in God's hands. I, I go out there and I practice. I put my work in. So at the end of the day, I know that I didn't slack. If there's no slack in my mind and I don't do good, then it just wasn't my time. That's that's a great philosophy, and God bless you guys. And and it's uh, and that mental toughness that you that you discovered in that. I mean, that's got to. You're sitting there for four hours without a bite, um, and to be able to, to keep that focus uh, is so hard to do because you, you can you know you can draw yourself right out of the game. It's a testament to how you were brought up to you know, what you've learned in you as a, as a competitor. So it's a uh, congratulations again. And, and man, it's, it's just been a treat uh, to have both you guys on the show. And, uh, and, and we, we hope to have you guys on real soon. I got to be honest. I, I love talking baits. So we've got a, uh, we've got some, you know, two fish heads here that, uh, that, that make baits. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again real soon, man. We look forward to it. And, uh, we, we appreciate all you do for the industry because without people like you guys, just like I was visiting with you yesterday, I mean, you guys help the industry tremendously. And uh, my hat's off to you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that. And and take a lesson, everybody listening, you know, take take the take your kids fishing. Even take a, a kid, the, somebody that you don't know, take a kid fishing. Get them before they're 12 years old, and this is Ken Duke's influence over me, and you're going to have a fisherman for life. So take them, take them while they're young. T teach them this awesome sport that we all love. Hey, thanks, Will Sr. Thanks, Will Jr. Wish yes, you best of luck. Thank you, guys. Thank you, classic, guys. guys. Thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll see you in Alabama. Well, you guys got to come see us. We're going to be in Alabama here in January, so maybe you guys can stop by and see us at the Bass U. But, Man, that would be great. Thank you all again. Yes, All sir. right, guys, you. you have a great day. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Y'all too. Man, what a what an amazing accomplishment becoming a national championship, national champion, going to the classic, taking on the elites. Jocelyn, can you imagine? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a thrill of a lifetime, and uh, man, what what a great deal! So glad that they were able to share that with us and uh, learn so much about swim jigs. What a good deal! Did you hear that that key component about? Going to that swim jig due to fishing pressure. Oh yeah, is the, is is the is the is the time right? You and know, it's, it's something that you know you. It's it's hard to do right because mm -hmm. like if you're you know you're you're catching fish on a certain bait, but you know the pressure's starting to creep in, and uh, you got to keep that open mind of like, well, I'm I'm catching this many now. How many more could I be catching if I was throwing this bait, or would the quality be better on this bait? So you know we got we got to stay open minded and and do that. Especially where we fish, hundred <laughs> percent. And fishing pressure uh, can dominate any waterway, and uh, that's a great solution for it in a lot of cases. So we're going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back, and we are going to uh, talk to another champion, one of our very own. Uh, Riz just smashed him up with a twenty-five pound bag with Epic Eric from uh, Smallmouth Crush. You know him there, and other places. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about big fish, five pounders, awesome. Uh, congrats again, but we'll be right back. Don't forget to like and share the Facebook page. Uh, don't forget to like and share. Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. We'll be right back after this.
What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rod? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. 
But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.